talking about citta the last couple of days, and I'm not familiar with this concept, um, but I'm wondering if um, it's something that I can feel experientially when I'm meditating. Yeah, you can't help it. It's there. So what uh, interests me the most <laughs> is um, is what you said about uh, this chitta being what goes from one life to another. Mm. Can do. Can also be liberated. So if you look at it really more experientially, <clears throat> you sense there's this you have there's an experience happening now, isn't there? Yeah? And within that something differentiates, well this is the me bit and that's everything else. Right? That's jitta. You don't feel you're a wall, do you? <laughs> you're aware of the wall, you're aware of human bodies, you're aware of you're aware of, right? You're aware of experiences simply happening to you. Chitta is the one they're happening to. say I realise so something realises that realisation can't be seen as an object it's the subject you can't see the subject because the subject is the seeing that's jitta but it's often biased it sees things in a particular way and you can be affected by fear, excitement, heedlessness. You can be affected by many. So it's constantly affected. The effects pass, and yet the sense of me lingers. It seems to stick upon particular phenomena and then pass. 
if it doesn't stick. It's affected by sticky quality, clinging, feelings, perceptions, mental activations, forms, consciousness, but all that changes. The sense of what it happens to remains. said in the suttas, human beings take chitta as their core. Take it as their kernel, you could say, their core. Place that we see things from. Location of awareness. You recognise awareness can be quite blurry, tinted, erratic. So those are the blemishes or hindrances or defilements of awareness. So the aim of practice is to to recognize those hindering qualities or cause them to rise or causes them to sustain or causes them to cease and to keep uh, relinquishing the origins of these blemishes and distortions it requires deep penetration of what we lean on, we stick to what Chitta orients around and takes a substantial, solid, permanent self and it's actually unsatisfactory Because it generally has the word mind, but there's a, there are other words that are used for mind. But probably the most common um, translation of jitta is mind. The heart is also useful. Or mind. 
mind is set like a certain way of seeing things mindset It is. I wish I could remember what it is that you said to help me locate it um, or get the sense that I could. Um, I guess what you said is to uh, pay attention to any hindrances that might arise, like fear or anxiety, or and then um, the chitta is what is covered by those. So you might say it's the source of that word I. today a little bit about gravity, the ground, mm. and the breath. Can you expand on those qualities or those principles a little bit? Sort of centered around the spine. <laughs> the ground. The ground. The ground. Yeah. The ground. <laughs> and gravity. <laughs> Kind of lends itself to anti-gravity, mm. to to create separation. Like I releasing, giving something to the ground, in order to receive something from the ground. That kind of creates that uplift, that quality of um, opening, coming into alignment, right. and creating possibilities that we don't want to think about, we just want to kind of receive. Is that, am I, is that helpful? Well, the thing about ground is it's something you don't create, it's there. Right. It's not an act of the will. And to realize without it, just imagine, you know, out of space, specifically which one is up and down. <laughs> so you've got ground as a sense of right. Mm. And uh, when that experience is there physically, you physically feel that something carries your weight. There's something you can relax because something's holding. Something's holding. Yeah. yeah. And that quality, that experience, allows your nervous system to also not keep overcharging it's normally what's happening is people people's nervous system is constantly juggling 
lots of groundless qualities such as future, past, thoughts of possible, maybe by then, and this and that, which is just. So he gets used to that constant thing which has got no grounding quality. Grounding quality of ground is the ability to discharge energy. If you don't discharge energy, you can never relax. If you don't discharge energy, you can never let energy get um, locked. Mm-hmm. Like people nowadays, insomnia is very common. Mm-hmm. can't ground. Because the energy won't discharge. If it doesn't discharge, it's like running a car constantly. It starts and bits start to kind of get <laughs> damaged. And human beings, what occurs if you don't get ground, then obviously there's no refreshment because spirits of refreshment is ability to just completely discharge and then wait and then energy comes back by itself. So when we connect to ground not just physically but what the physical ground can do can remind us of something that's involuntary something that's not a matter of choice or will or being good or successful or happy it doesn't care it's a given that's there then there's a sense in which that's a a sign the body experiences something that then becomes a sign for the mind. Oh, that. Oh, yes. So then your nervous energies can then also be encouraged to just relax, deeply relax. Hmm? Because the body and the mind are connected essentially through the nervous system, the nervous energy. So what your body can do affects the mind. And the body knows how to, to relax by finding ground, switching off. The mind doesn't know how to relax because that's not the mind's job. The mind's job is to keep active, if you know, see what I mean. Keep creating possibilities and all these things. So it needs to be attuned to the body to get the signal to drop everything. Mm-hmm. If you can't do that, it doesn't. It just buzzes. Yeah. And <coughs> and then of course it goes into almost like an involuntary reactivity where it's it won't switch off. And there's nothing you can do because every doing acts as another nervous impulse to do and what you're trying to do is stop doing well any effort to try and stop doing something is another thing that you're doing so so what you do instead is you tune into something that knows how to to relax just through the mental suggestion just to let yourself be held, carried. So there's the given quality of it. Now in meditation finding that or touching into that courses of uh, uh, one of the things we search for actually is a place where I can just 
breathe out, stop. And of course, that, that's only half of it, because we're not trying to fall asleep, or kind of sink down into a torpid, passive state, but receptive, so with that sense of the body grounding, and then as it does so, it also feels its own balance, a certain strengthening quality. So again, your mind picks that up, and it comes into the strengthening, which again is not so much an act of the will, so much as an act of tuning in to that where this quality of upright strengthening occurs naturally. So you use the body like this to to take the mind where it doesn't normally go. To an uprightness that's not a matter of doing anything and to a steadiness that's not to a, to a, to a restfulness which is not about being asleep. So in between those two you get some like alert repose which is the um, ideal of meditation. When it's restful but alert. And then there's a need to act, there's action. But instead of the action just being you know, nervous for the activity, it's purposeful and responsive rather than just jangle. So there's there's the benefit of finding ground. So you might the easiest place to find it as a sign is through this physical form. Then that acts as a sign, perception, a felt sense, and your mind tunes into what that feels mm-hmm. like. And it can pick that up and start to adopt it. Jitta, you see, jitta doesn't see anything or hear anything or touch anything. Chit is only affected by perceptions. Perceptions and feeling. So you get the perception of ground as an effect. Perception of space. Pressure. Freedom from pressure. Oh that's good. So those are quite important signs to cultivate. Sure. Do you feel in the morning when you wake up um, that it's um, more important to st- 
stay in a state of sort of sleepiness to go into meditation, or do you think that it's better to activate some of the body before you sit? Oh, yeah. The latter. The latter. Okay. Yeah, yeah it doesn't have to be, you know, full running around the house, as it were, but just some sense of it's waking up, freshening up, in a movement, you know. So mm-hmm. just bring yourself up into the day. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you don't really come out of sleep. Right. So. See, the energy doesn't just switch on and off like that. It kind of it comes up slowly, and then it can also discharge slowly. It doesn't just it's not a finger, not a switch. It's a slow, it's organic. It slowly rises up, and it can soften. As if you look in the day, you know, you don't fully awake and then crash, you're out. No, you awake and you get a bit more tired and sleepy and blurred and lower energy and then same with waking up, you know, pop up into 100%, you can walk into, you know, through, through the layers, probably even during the night, you know, you may wake up in the night and half awake or three quarters awake and dip back in again. suitable place to meditate that's fairly quiet or relatively have enough solitude is it necessary or is there added benefit to going out and trying to find in large cities like somewhere isolated in nature to to meditate Sorry? if you got a quiet place to meditate if we have a place of our own like in our house in our apartment whatever that's we find suitable is it necessary, like, or is there added benefit to try and find a, a place in nature somewhere in the city, which I find difficult because I'm always afraid someone's going to come upon me, or there's too much tr- tr- noise of traffic, or a bear's going to get me, or something like that. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think you answered it, didn't you? <laughs> I think you answered the question. <laughs> It's just in the suttas, I think it's it's written a lot, uh, and in Dutang oh, yeah. practices in Thailand to go out into the jungle, right? That we don't really have a <laughs> jungle. <right? laughs> yeah. Well, there's both the difference between a house and a wild place. Is the house a sort of domestic quality about it? Um, walls, it's mine, my place. Well, perhaps could get a little stale. Wild place, you know, something about that, everything becomes more alert. And um, 
But clearly, where you're at, you don't want to be somewhere where you're just constantly feeling nervous and anxious and too much of a struggle. That's the theme, though. I mean, primarily because um, <clears throat> you're looking into cultures where the house wasn't a private place. You see, we very much walls, doors, locks, people live in separate rooms. Well, the Indian houses, just every kids all over the place, people running in and out. It's pretty much a shared space. So, uh, you know, in a Thai village, Thai, Thai village house, there'll be the chickens underneath clucking away. There'll be, it's not soundproof. Um, <coughs> you know, village kids tend to use each other's houses, so they'll be running around full of conversations you can hear through the thin walls. So it would not be a place of, um, of stillness. And uh, very much associated with the social realm. With that. So if you're in such a situation, <coughs> The lovely image presented in the suttas when the Buddha's talking to his uncle Malukya, I think it is Mahanama, Mahanama Sakya. And he said, Well, you know, he says it's the few, few householders. You know, say, oh, you know, it's real hassle, burdens, hassles, complications, you know, stuff never finishes, goes on and on. He says, well then, constantly recollect your own virtues, dwell in them, linger in them, make much of them, uh, think about them, so your mind is occupied with them, occupied with them, feeling the beauty of them, feeling the self-respect and the values that you're cherishing, linger in it a lot, make much of it, so then, whether you're at work or at home, he says, even when the house crowded with children, you'll feel calm and happy. Do you do that? Yeah, I'm glad I don't have any children. <laughs> do you have any virtues? Do you have any virtues? Virtues, yes, children, no. Well, <laughs> recollect your own virtues, then you can walk out into the city park thinking So the idea is you start off definitely supporting the mind, 
and then eventually the mind gets strong enough to be a support and you can use that to almost determine where you are rather than being located in a physical place location in a psychological state and that's considered the more um, developed and potent and carry it with you wherever you go.